Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. So we have a whole lot of people here today. I'm uh, not used to having this many people. It's a party. I'm pretty excited about it. And I think everybody's, are you guys all in a different area of the world? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. I think the uh, okay, co-located so here are, are me and Fadil. Me and me and Bruno, yeah. Yeah, we're both in Kuala Lumpur. John is in KK, Kuala, KK. Uh, Kota Kinabalu. Yeah. Both Kuala Lumpur and Kota Kinabalu in Malaysia. And Anton, still in Estonia? Yep, still in Estonia. <laughs> Lovely Tallinn. Yeah. Right, so it's mm-hmm. like afternoon in Estonia, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like 4 p.m. What, uh, what time in Malaysia? It's nine it's in the evening. Nine. Okay. Wow. And then, and then Sean and I here in Kansas City at eight a.m. just <laughs> trying to drink our coffee and get woke up for the day. You're all about done. Yeah, we're about to call it. Oh. So, um, I kind of know you all, so I I think I might let Sean just start asking because I don't know if he knows. I mean, I don't know you all. I know Bruno a little bit. I've oh. talked to Bruno, but I mean, I know where you, you all are from and everything and uh, the company you work for, but I'll let Sean dig into that since he has maybe no less of a clue than I do. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's say, well, let's go with the introductions first. We already kind of went around <laughs> and talked about what time it was, but uh, why don't you go ahead first, uh, John, you're on the top left for me. All right, nice. Uh, hi, my name is John. I'm the principal architect here at Mind Valley, uh, and I'm based in the beautiful city of Kota Kinabalu. It's a coastal city in the island of Borneo, and yeah, and I don't plan to leave this city because it's so beautiful. Nice. Anton? Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Anton. Uh, I live in Estonia, and I'm a staff engineer at uh, Mind Valley. Nice to meet you, Bruno. Nice to meet you. I am Bruno. I am working, talking from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I am, I've recently relocated here, like I was in Estonia before uh, as well, and I am an engineering lead at Mind Valley. Nice. And Fadil? Fadil, I'm, I, I'm from uh, Kota Kinabalu, where John is, so, but now I moved to Kuala Lumpur, so that's where I am now. And I am a senior engineer at the Mind Valley. Nice. So, what is what does Mind Valley do? What's your okay. product? This is where I jump in. Mind Valley <laughs> creates a platform for personal transformation, personal growth. So the origins of it is that we have uh, e-learning. So we do education, uh, diff- lots of different courses for education in many different areas that the traditional educational system does not really explore. And I'm talking of things that go from meditation all the way to public speaking, going through business and also nutrition, fitness. So very, very diverse. In general, we provide a way, a platform that not only brings you like the content, but also is very strong uh, community that is uh, all about uplifting and and helping one another. So I got I to gotta step Excellent. in here, Sean, because... 
I don't know if you guys know this. Back in, in the U.S., Sean will remember this. We used to have these commercials that would have this guy talk about how amazing the company is. And then he would say, not only am I a client, but I'm also the president. And I felt like when I met Bruno, it was kind of the opposite. He was like, hey, there's all this stuff. And I love using it now. I'm a user of it. So so, yeah. uh, so what what got you using the platform, Bruno? Well, that's very true. Actually, um, I come from a background that I, I, when I first heard about Mind Valley, I thought that it was like a bit. Look, what is this? It's like a bit too much, like this personal growth thing. So I was completely unaware, and I didn't actually. I hadn't started my own personal growth like journey. And when I started consuming the content, like doing my my homework of hey, what is this company that I might end up working with. Then I started consuming the content and it was like so good. Like seriously, it, it, it just opened my mind, like especially in terms of public speaking, in terms of, of mindset, in terms of productivity. It just opened my mind about personal growth. And today, like I keep consuming like lots of content. I just had the chance of coming uh, of a four-day retreat that was organized by the company. Like it's called like a life book retreat that they just sent like the employees into like a four-day retreat for them to think about their lives and really think about what they envision for their lives so that we can come back afterwards to work like supercharged and with a lot of clarity and intention about who we really want to be. Well, that's great. So how, do, how does Elixir fit into uh, Mind <laughs> into, Valley? Into making yourself a better human. Is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> does Elixir make you a better person? <laughs> it does make our apps a lot faster and more stable. So I guess that helps, right? Now, is that, is that driving the, the main website or uh, particular sections or how, how does that, how's that fit into the whole system? Uh, right now, most of our main monoliths are actually in Elixir. So I think about 60, 70% of our ecosystem is Elixir. Uh, it all started because our uh, acting C, CTO at that time was like, hey, you know, let's just rebuild a learning platform. I heard of this new thing called Elixir. That was like five and six years ago. And yeah, it's, it's, we've been fully so every engineer now is like, okay, we are not moving. Back. So, the, so this is a, a <laughs> rewrite of an existing platform. Yes. Of, uh, that, that was on various, uh, uh, what do you call that? Tech stacks based mm. on who came in at that time and who had the bright idea to build some node thing. Apparently, uh, John can probably tell you a bit more. He was there at that time. So was the change purely that the person that came in wanted to do it? Or was there there something else going on that they were like, we need? Uh, I think it was purely out of interest. Uh, because at that point, at that point of time, we were, we, I mean, the team that was building the main learning platform uh, was in charge to kind of uh, rewrite and refresh the application, right? And we were like, no, let's not build another Rails app because at that point in time, it was a Rails app and we were pretty familiar with Rails. Uh, everyone in Rails seemed to be, you know, talking about this new thing in Elixir. You hear, you hear engineers jumping over, you hear about uh, Chris McCord, you hear about, yeah, Jose, Jose Valim. And this kind of sparked of int our interest. We were like, hey, you know, this new paradigm, uh, Erlang sounds great. Uh, WhatsApp is running on Erlang. So, you know, why don't you just give this a try? And it took a while to kind of catch the initial concepts of, you know, functional programming because we were more very object oriented and yeah. And now we are completely so no turning back. So what, what, uh, what were the, the things that 
you said you're completely sold. What are the things that completely sell all of you, each of you? Like, what is your, the thing that you cling to and why you think that Elixir is the, the good platform to keep with at Mind Valley right now? Right. Maybe I'll start. Uh, for, for me, it's pretty simple. Uh, I believe that the paradigm of functional programming where, you know, you have immutable states, you know, you can, you, you just write functions that do certain things and you get a, a largely uh, reliable output, right? Uh, this is not the case when we were building uh, pretty large apps previously, where that's just so much encapsulation, we, you get a bit confused, like, you know, which layer is this breaking? Right. especially when you wrote all the layers. So there's a possibility that, you know, certain layers can break, <laughs> right? And after changing to this paradigm, I think this is one of the most important things where, you know, testing is easy, understanding what it does is easy because everything is just in one place. And that is kind of like the biggest thing for me. That's great. Uh, this, this was a, you said it was a rewrite, right? Of the, of the, the learning platform. So, um, you know, I, I've done several or attempted several rewrites in my career and they almost never go well. How did, how did you come out of it so successfully? <laughs> I, I guess, I guess you're lucky because, uh, when, when doing a rewrite, uh, it's not an, you know, it's not an exact one-to-one -one replacement in a sense. Hmm. We, we still have a, you know, migration pro process where, Hey, you know, guys, okay, we're going to try something new. I'm going to introduce a few, a few new concepts. Uh, now, you know, mobile apps and everything. Let's, you know, change the API endpoint. Uh, mm. but that is a gradual change from the old app to the new app. So in, in a sense, if you were rewriting specifically to mimic the old app, that usually doesn't go very well, unless you're very good at managing it. Uh, but in this case, you know, we, we were changing the learning platform anyway, so. It's just a okay, so you were basically making a new app entirely, like maybe it fulfilled the same product purpose, but it wasn't the same at all. Nah, not, not so actually it's like a okay. version two or version three. Yep. Nice. Yeah. How about the rest? Ooh, I, the reason why I even started learning Elixir, right, was because at that time I wanted to do, I was trying to build some kind of real time messaging thing. And I built it in Rails because that's what I knew. And then I wanted, I was like, okay, sockets. And then the first thing that comes to you in the internet is Node. And I said, okay, let's do this Express <laughs> and some, I've never done JS, don't really do much JS, has Express. And it looks, ah, this looks easy enough. Yeah, but you, I think the easy comes at some kind of trade-off because I turn it on, like two days later, it's dead. What? Why did it die? I don't know. Then I look, looked around the web for, you know, real-time messaging. And the next thing that came out was Elixir. And I think this uh, this live concurrency thing, especially this li uh, uh, live views, I think that's fantastic. And and you can also see the rest of the environment, like uh, React. They're doing server side now, so hey, <laughs> everybody's doing it. So did did your yeah everybody's doing it? it did did your your uh, messaging thing launch as part of the the app, or was that just a, a hobby project? Uh, no, it was it was a startup I was at. We were trying to build it, but then we were trying to sell it to the government, and then okay. they had an election, and then the people change, and then now they have different, you know, <laughs> goals. We were like, ah, I don't want to go climb through all of those, you know, ministers and everything again, uh -huh. and we kind of scrapped it. Unfortunately, my first unfortunately. Erlang application was also messaging for the government, so. I feel you. Uh, I'm not <laughs> okay. sure if mine's being used anymore, but I have run into a few people right. who have used it. 
and that was pretty it was pretty awesome. Ooh. And we originally also did not start out with Erlinger Elixir. We started out with Java. So uh. if you really hate life, you can try to do it in Java. Um, <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> XML files oh, everywhere. Yeah, it was is a hot mess. It was uh, the client was Eclipse, so it was based on the Eclipse IDE. They have a they created a framework for building their own GUIs. So we used that, and and that was a nightmare. And then the server just trying to get multiple servers we were like good at about three and then when you put four or five servers up it started to fall apart and uh so the team switched to erling and it was it was pretty awesome except for the syntax so i continued to do ruby on everything else oh, right. although i now i kind of like i'm getting better with erling syntax and liking it but who makes variables with a capital letter that's all i'm saying like that's not right <laughs> probably oh. no <laughs> How about you, Anton? Nope. Oh, sorry. I also like, no, no, I won't oh, cut. Yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. go. No, no. I, I, yeah, I was just about to say, I also like the fact that in functional programming, you just deal with data, which is how it should be. You're not dealing with a dog, which can bark or whatever. <laughs> you know, you got some values and then you're transforming it. And then the, the pipe thing makes it fantastic to so, do that. And I, I, I kind of want to dig it. I want to continue with our question, but I'm going to change it because now you you talked about switching to functional programming. Uh, that's the second time it's come up. So um, that's been a love-hate relationship for me in like my brain still tries to go back to doing OO a lot. And I'm like, wait, I can't do it that way. Uh, even after like I've been doing this, uh, well, Erling was before 2013 and then – uh, I've been doing Elixir almost full time for five or six years, and I still end up like, wait a minute, I I'm not, I can't do this as I, I try to make my Elixir look like, oh well, sometimes on accident, and then I go back and change it <laughs> before I check it in. But so do you do you have that similar problem, or or what were the challenges of switching for you, if there were any? You may be like, no, nah, I'm I'm super smart, Amos. It was easy. <laughs> sorry that was a long-winning question too yeah i have to say that for me i, I got kind of lucky in this because i started with elixir not very long after I, I had graduated so it was in the first job that i got I, I i was able to start with elixir so now what like five maybe around six years ago that's all was what 2017 and because of that, I, I think that I didn't have the time to properly solidify everything like, oh, oh, I actually also was working with Java before. And it was like a message brokering company that would send like thou, uh, millions of, of SMS messages. This back in Brazil. So the volumes are like huge as well. And I remember when a friend of mine came like sparkly eyed, hey, this elixir thing. And he shared like one, one talk with me that was like from Sasha Yurik. The solid grounds. And I keep coming back to it. Like it's such a well-delivered talk. And I think that that's what sold me on the idea. And that's still what sells me on the idea today. When I'm able to look at my uh, at app signal and I see all the errors that are coming through. And then I saw, wow, actually it's quite impressive that the application stays up. That it's I know that if it's like another runtime, if it's another language, this thing is not going to keep running at all. 
And so the Elixir brings me this peace of mind that I know that, no, no, it's okay that these errors are happening. I know I understand them. I don't need to fix them right now because I know that this is going to stay running with quality to, for, for everyone. I remember it being a pain point uh, for me when I was switching to Elixir because I also come from coming from the Ruby world. And I remember like at first I've been trying to basically write uh, Rails in Elixir. And uh, it was a big, chunk of confusion for me because uh, because yeah because it was a time when a lot of people in the ruby slash rails community were like talking about elixir and hyping elixir and everything and uh, it looks similar on the first glance but i guess the principles and the concepts underneath it are completely different so uh, it took me a while like i think a first year or something to basically get a good grasp of it that was uh, for me too disorienting the first time the the syntax looking so much like ruby was was difficult yeah what tripped me the most was uh in i mean oh you always pass objects around right then you mutate the state of the object so you have this tendency to hey you know this strut is you know like an object you know let's mutate this strut and do things it. But then after after you realize that, oh, why am I passing unnecessary data into a function where I can just pass the things I need and then just, you know, just take the response. I think that's the thing that tripped me the most. Yeah, I think that's where I am, John, too, is that you, you mentioned structs there. And that's where my OO design pops in, like everything. I'm like, I'm going to wrap this in mm -hmm. an opaque struct and only pass it into functions that are defined in the same module as the struct and deal with everything in there. And and it then I'm like, oh, I could save about 150 lines of code and a whole lot of headache if I just did this the right way with air quotes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Although although I want, I want to say, guys, you got to admit, Bruno's Java does kind of creep up a little bit in this stuff, right? Oh, <laughs> what? don't expose me, Fazil. <laughs> this is great podcast material. Wow. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe. But then you do use you do use those like kind of builder patterns a bit. I think not builder patterns. I don't know what those those are called in Java, but sort of like uh, yeah, new something new, right? Something new, and then uh, maybe this is in your older code. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, well, Fadil is talking about uh, legacy code that I was that was inherited. <laughs> oh, and, okay. sorry, sorry. And then my my, my name is the one that appears like when you're when you're looking at GitHub because I kind of formatted all the code, and then, <laughs> <laughs> that's my fault now. <laughs> my bad, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was. Some obvious, okay, this one I'm, I want to point out. In our platform code, John, you got to say this is pretty obvious. They were doing it I, as a team. I wasn't there at that point. Washing my hands <laughs> of all of this. <laughs> I take all responsibility, you know. I at was that there point since in the time, beginning. Yeah, yeah, those guys were hardcore Rails dudes. And they switched to Elixir, right? But you would see all of these funny, funny, like, object-oriented patterns everywhere. And everybody's like... Why does this? Why does this look so much like Rails? What's this? And you know, it was unfortunately some, it worked though. It worked. Therefore, you know, it ain't broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. So it's there, it's still there. I'm pretty, pretty sure you will have a sense of uh, fat models, teen controllers kind of feeling there. <laughs> yep, yep. There were files that were like a thousand lines long. Yep, we, we're getting there, we're getting there. However, however, I like to point out that the superstar team of Anton, this Anton that we're talking about, Anton Satin, and Mace Slosarchik. Oh my goodness. These guys, these guys come in and they're literally ripping things up like get rid of this and then do it in a nice way. And, they, and they're introducing a lot of really, really good, like proper uh, way to do things. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know about the nice way, but ripping, ripping <laughs> apart uh, definitely happens from time to time. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is Anton and this other guy, they're the A-team. And you give me... You give me oh, one wow. part of the A team, and then what are you guys all the B team? You send the B team to the podcast. <laughs> that we're like, we're like. Uh, I like to think of myself as like a advanced <laughs> beginner. I am an advanced beginner. That's why I said senior engineer. Like I always imagine it's like S I G N O R. It's Spanish. They're saying Mister Engineer over there. You know, you you have these like. Uh, I often I, I used to have a lot of these philosophical talks with Anton actually and Bruno about. I don't even. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm what i'm doing what am i am i on did i pick the right career is this and then the next day it's like oh god look at this function (laughs) every day that goes by i feel dumber than yesterday and smarter than yesterday like if a day Mm -hmm. goes by that i'm not learning something new that's when i know i'm in the wrong career field oh yeah yeah like learning man always be you don't do elixir anymore right you do mostly rust Oh, no, no, no. Well, on the contrary. Okay, so we are building an interesting thing. We are building a Rust CLI that talks to a Elixir API, which then proceeds to talk to our third-party services. Yes, uh, hang on, hang on. I'm doing some stuff. Bring him in. Bring him in. That's fine. It it talks to our Spinnaker and Jenkins so we can do a one-line Wukong deploy on the Rust CLI and then... The Elixir backend handles all the deploying a pod. Right now, we're working on like uh, deploying a livebook instance for a currently running pod, so that you can look at the logs, you can look at the the the, the, the environment it's in. And, That's excellent. Yeah. One Wukong connect something. I don't. I can't remember what we're calling the the, the thing. W- but yeah, Wukong is in the the mythical monkey god. <laughs> Exactly, but that's, <laughs> nice. that's the logo we got for it. Some Wukong. Yeah. <laughs> Some Wukong, so yeah, it's called that, and and that's pretty fun. I think. That, I, that is an excellent name for a command line tool. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I did a bit of the rest, but I am very, very, I'm like a small hermit crab, if anything. <laughs> It's hard, man, Rust. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm also I'm doing Rust happy. right now. It is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy to be receiving spoilers of the next features to come. Apparently, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we I haven't we haven't told them yet. We're working on this, <laughs> so that's what. I, oh, that's also what I, I I think I really like about Mind Valley is we do things which other companies would be like, why why do you want to do this? Why do you want to make your code better? It's working, whatever. Do why new feature, right? These here they like take this stuff seriously. Like, okay, we've got this bunch of like uh, things that we. Hodgepodge did once upon a time, and we need to, to to address this issue, and you know find a better way to do it, and find the right way to do it, and actually uh, fix stuff. Do you feel like that's that's a company culture thing, um, or or do you have to like actively work at um, establishing those boundaries so that you can have the space to do that? Well, like is I, it is it built in to the company culture? I think that it is pretty much like built in into the company culture. 
uh, and it's it's partially like it's there's Mind Valley in general is a company that is about personal growth. So mm-hmm. the people that come working in Mind Valley that they are aware are already aware of the company they come, they normally come like being very conscious, very like intentional with their own growth journeys. And so when you come inside, then you end up also being influenced by the the other people that are already working here. And so I'd say that this aspect of trying to keep getting better is something that is very ingrained into the company culture. Absolutely. I mean, just just Bruno's face is testament to that. He came in, he did not look like this when he <laughs> first came into Vine Valley. He That's was true. a <laughs> slightly more fleshier, let's say. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's that's quite true. Right, right in the middle of the COVID <clears throat> pandemic. Yeah, I, I'm feeling slightly fleshy uh, right now. So <laughs> you, you're reminding me that I need to go work out. <laughs> maybe, maybe eat one less slice of pizza. Oh, there's a mind of course for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to say that. <laughs> there is literally. I mean, there's this, there's this thing for health, for fitness, and and yeah, they're really good. I like. Yeah. I, I actually said before this, before I came into Mind Valley, right? I was like, yeah, help, self help books yeah, for losers. But you know, after I came into Mind Valley, they some of the some of the some of the things they make you do during your what's the thing called when you're coming in for that first week and you're just like the induction, the induction. orientation, induction, yeah. yeah. So what they make you do is they have a checklist of videos you should watch, and you, and these videos are basically part of the the, the catalog of Mind Belly videos. And you first you're like, yeah, okay, I gotta watch this. Let's watch it. And then you're like, it kind of makes sense, you know. And uh, wow, yeah, 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 that that really makes sense. And you say, let me let me try it out. And then then the next thing you know, my my once cluttered office uh, space was now pristine and organized. And and then you felt like a certain sense of, you know, wow, this is good. This is good for me. And you proceed to watch more and more videos. And seriously, there's some videos in there that really made you make you change your perception of how life is in general, man. It's it's you got to join. This is like the best customer acquisition strategy I've ever seen. It's like <laughs> right. hire them and make them use our product and then they'll get excited about it. <laughs> yeah. But also it's dog right? fooding, right? You got to you got That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's got to be that's got to be way better orientation than uh you know like the typical corporate training videos. Uh <laughs> like where you're like here's how to not uh not get your computer hacked uh and you know here here's how to not harass your coworkers. Um, <laughs> wait those videos are my yeah. favorites that's where i get all my good joke that's oh, where i get I'm all sure my good jokes <laughs> everybody's in the water uh, we had one that uh was about appropriate jokes at work they oh, were the wow. worst jokes ever it was like <laughs> <laughs> Which probably also made them like the oh, best yeah. jokes and, ever. And well, right? and you had to take it every year, so you had to listen to the exact same jokes every. I was in the military, so here's oh, wow. here's the joke. Knock knock. Who's there? Impatient Who's there? cow. Boo. Impatient cow. Who? <laughs> <laughs> that is that an appropriate is an joke. Appropriate joke. Not according to my son, though. If I tell him that, he gets really angry and walks away. I mean, he's... Because <laughs> it's an he, awful joke. He's 17. It doesn't it's matter what I tell joke. him. He gets angry and walks away. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Wow, he's about to start start 
Being yeah. grown up, I got. I get my my son seventeen. Oh, nice. Too, so yeah, it's, it's kind of wow, interesting. Very interesting. I have I have five, and they are they oh, are wow. fifteen to twenty two, and uh, the twenty two year old. This is a, the first public announcement. Uh, is has told me that I'm going to be a grandfather. So, wow! Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. And she's married to a software well developer, done. so I think that they're going to be fine. <laughs> okay. He's going to come to his father-in-law for like, uh, Dad, why is this Obani? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of our life, actually. It's, it's Son-in-law, it's because you put 100 retries <laughs> on that task. <laughs> he's, he's doing C-sharp right now, I feel, for the man. It's, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, he's, he's always coming. He's like, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't, can't help you. Can't help you. Write a test. Just write a test, man. Moving on. <laughs> co-pilot. Co-pilot will save your life. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> although, although there, I have recently come into points where co-pilot was just so brazenly confident with the wrong thing. Wow. The guy, the guy just wrote the thing before that, and now he tells me something completely different. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's pretty error. Why error? Huh? So, so, oh. So obvious. Also, this Chat GPT doesn't know. <laughs> I've never used Copilot actually, but it's very confident. Chat BT is yeah. very- oh, not Chat GPT. Sorry, Copilot. Uh, Copilot. Yeah, yeah. Very confidently giving me the wrong struct. Yeah, I've never used Copilot. Is that do you do you think that it actually saves you time? A lot, John. Remember when we were doing that stupid video encoding thing? We we don't even do video encoding. We don't even know how it works. <laughs> but we were like, oh, we got to do this video encoding thing. Deaf. Encode video, and it looks about right. Let's give it a shot. Hey, it works. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's how. That's how you submit the video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Run it through the formatter. Way ahead on the curve. <laughs> yeah, man. Mix format a bit. Ooh, so I was just at Gig City Elixir this last week, and Adobe released a new thing, uh, Styler, uh, and they open sourced it. And it's really interesting. Uh, it's you hook it into the formatter as a formatter plugin. So when you run mixed format, it'll run and it rearranges, puts your module docs in the exact same place. So then when you're coding and you're like, oh, I need to alias this, you can do it right above the function that you're in. So you're not like running up to the top huh? of the file to alias anything and you're just typing away. Right. And then you run Styler and it's done. It like fixes everything, rearranges everything. Places it'll change. Oh. Was it enum? I forget. If you use Enum to make a map, like Enum N2 to make a map, it's like, hey, why don't you just use Map New? It does the same thing. Uh, and it'll, but it doesn't ask you. It basically takes all the credo things that it can and says, instead of telling you, hey, you should fix this, if we can fix it for free, we just do it. So it fixes it for you. Right. It's really nice. Just try it out. Fantastic. Oh, really it, cool. Okay. That's the new dog. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I uh, threw it on an oh, open ever, source project and was like, like oh, it's so organized now. <laughs> Have you got, okay, here's maybe a, a question that's kind of related to something we're working on. Have you guys ever had the issue whereby you try to run mixed format, but it doesn't work because you're, you're actually doing some work in progress where you modified the code so heavily that it's just not going to compile. Mm-hmm. And then you can't mix format it. So now you can't even see why it's wrong. Have you had that issue? Well, let me <laughs> tell you that Wukong 
<laughs> is now a linter that can just like Wukong um, something lint or format or something, and it fixes your code uh, without having to even compile. It just fixes it as as best as it can. Oh, that's nice. So we did that. Yeah, Ooh. we we wrote it in Rust. I mean, when I say we, this colleague of mine wrote the but, thing. <laughs> I am merely taking some, you know, but, side effects. My colleague, do you mean Chat GPT? <laughs> oh no, no, actual colleague, actual colleague. He he's like the Rust crustacean in the in the team. He's fantastic. So he wrote a linter for Elixir. In I like Rust. that you're writing something like new in Rust. I thought everything was rewrite it in Rust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> that's what Sean's doing. Rewrite. <laughs> oh, okay. It was from the Elixir? wrong idea. From Elixir no, to Rust? No, oh. from from TypeScript. Oh, this is running. Our our product is running in the browser. So, um, yeah. So Wasm stuff. Wasm. In the rest, it's it's a really neat. You should tell them about about the product, Sean. It's pretty cool. Well, this is there. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't. You can listen to back episodes if you want to find out about Fable. It doesn't. uh, (laughs) It doesn't improve your life as much as Mind Valley does. I'm sure. No, definitely not. Um, You you might be able to to get get that uh, that uh, motion design deal done, um, the gig that you have, but. not not gonna not gonna help you become a better person. Maybe Hang on, this is like on. sort of like Rive and uh, and uh, all the we're Lucky in the same and space. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool stuff. So wow. yeah, and it's an animation tool, and we're moving in the direction of motion design, uh, build, building motion design toolkits. So, um, folks that that uh, have larger creative departments or uh, larger production needs uh, can create. Um, style guides uh motion style guides and and also templates basically of animations that you can fill in um or customized for particular uses so i see the website reflecting in your glasses (laughs) 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 yeah this looks fantastic man all of this stuff is drawn in in fable obviously i think so yeah Wow, we junior Jesus. <laughs> this, this is this makes for great podcasting right here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would honestly when I when I joined the company, there were things of like, oh my gosh, why why is XYZ not written in Elixir? Um, honestly, it's just that you have a bunch of people who know JavaScript and TypeScript, mm-hmm. and so you're going to write everything in that. Um, and and uh, you know, I I think it's amazing that you all were able to to switch to Elixir obviously takes somebody who's influential and dogged to make that sort of tech stack switch um, in, in a larger uh, organization. Um, uh, you know, I've, I tried to bring Elixir into companies I've been at um, and it was either like ended up second class citizen or that project didn't launch, um, you know, never got out of prototype stage. So, uh, so kudos is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, and that's awesome that you're still being successful with it. Well, I think that it, it's super cool as well that I would say that I probably wouldn't even be working in Mind Valley if they weren't doing Elixir right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of the very good talent that was attracted into the company, it's because of because of us doing Elixir. So I'm not sure if it's 
what's the size of the Elixir developer pool right now? But it seems that, yeah, the, the transition was actually good from the, the hiring perspective. Right. We surely got like a bunch of good can talent. You, in. Can you say that again, only louder into the microphone to make sure everybody hears it? Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> that's the thing uh, I keep running into is people are worried about whether they can hire Elixir developers. Yeah. And so, so I, I think this is this is a great argument that uh, usually the execs have, right? Like uh, you guys are choosing an obscure technology. Uh, I mean, not too obscure, but you know, to them it's obscure. And like, how are we gonna hire guys uh, now that we have, you know, something that, you know, most people don't even, haven't even heard of. Uh, our acting CTO at that time was like, there's a counter argument. Uh, the counter argument is that right now, the best people in Rails, because everyone was in Rails at that time, the best people in Rails are jumping to Elixir. So just by moving to Elixir, you will have picked the interest of the top people in the ecosystem. So therefore giving you a better chance of hiring good people because other companies are slow to jump. So it was actually a good counter argument because it seems to be working for at least us. Yeah, I've always felt that that argument of, oh, you can't hire people for that particular uh, piece of technology has always been an argument in favor of commoditizing our skills rather mm -hmm. than um, recognizing that people who have niche skills are actually probably more skilled at the thing that they do. Um, and and I think that's all for me has always been a great argument for um, hire people who do Elixir <laughs> uh, because they're they're going to be good at it usually. And it's I I've heard this described as a cloud argument too. It has nothing to do with the technology and why you should choose the technology really. It's like a really right. high level argument that if you find good developers, they're good developers. It doesn't you can put them into other languages and they can learn and grow and, and be just as amazing, if not better, because of the advantages of that technology. So, and, and you know, I'm not writing Fable and Elixir, so it doesn't mean that Elixir is always the right choice. So, but it often, you know, for cloud-based technologies can be. Wait, so you're saying the choice of moving to Elixir and Fable kind of backfired on you or what, what? no no we weren't even considering it i mean I, oh. I looked at things and and it was going to be um it, it wasn't wasn't worth it uh, honestly right. the the um first of all the company is still really small and i've been here over a year um but uh we have a small number of customers right now um but the uh the things that we would use elixir for we're basically the API server that handles, you know, basically CRUD stuff with the database, mm -hmm. um, or potentially some infrastructure service like, uh, you know, trace aggregation or um, uh, something like that. And we just didn't need it for that. Um, now, we so so I started um, shortly after I, I got to Fable. I started looking at at Rust uh, because our problems were. Um, in browser rendering performance. Um, I was like, okay, well, maybe we can do something in Rust. And now we are doing the rewrite. <laughs> it's not the not the full app, but just just the 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 core representation and the rendering um, that that is being redone in Rust. Um, but uh, but then in the meantime, one of my colleagues had written some infrastructure stuff in Node and in Go and stuff, and and she rewrote. Um, 
a couple of things with Rust and was much, much happier with it. Um, honestly, the the one that she wrote, the first one she rewrote in Rust could have been done in Elixir um, as well. Um, but it's, uh, you know, but we, we haven't, I, I think that, you know, having two languages in a company are this small is probably more than enough <laughs> right now. Uh, maybe when we get bigger later, uh, if we were lucky, we'll introduce Elixir. <laughs> what's what's something that uh before we go that you have been frustrated with in elixir we will let anton answer the first question uh this question yeah because he especially anton because he's kind of the newer guys uh, so after looking at all our code smells and, you know, legacy code and everything, he's probably has the most frustration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd say, uh, so the, the latest thing that comes to mind, uh, an interesting frustration for me was, um, I guess the pace of, uh, changes in live view and, uh, our need to like keep up with that pace and, uh, so especially, for example, the journey of rewriting our template from LEX to HEX was quite fun, um, especially <laughs> considering uh, on, that we have Alpine on top of um, of, uh, uh, of the template. So it was, yeah, it was it was an interesting journey. But actually, uh, ChatGPT here helps sometimes. Uh, Surprisingly, ChatGPT <laughs> 3.5 completely useless uh, <laughs> in this sense. <laughs> 4.0 quite nice. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that. I think the latest thing that comes to my mind. That uh, I, ha I have a, a love hate relationship with Alpine, and I'm working on an older live. I say older live view. Like, how old can it be? But yeah, that pace of that change is like. <laughs> It's completely different between like a couple versions. It was anybody else got frustrations? No. Okay, I'll start first then. Uh, it's, it's a small one. Um, my biggest frustration with, is actually with live view. I was trying to change uh, haters, you know, for the CDN to kind of read the haters, and that gave me a biggest headache because it's just no easy way to change haters. Because as you mount the first controller, the first controller is actually in that mount. And there's, there's no command for you to change the header because the mount actually takes both the, both the date view and also the live view code at the same time. It runs twice, right? So during the first run, I cannot say set some headers because they're using that same function. So that's actually a frustration for me. There, there's a function uh, socket.connected that is only connected question mark. <laughs> is only true on the second time it runs. If that helps. Okay. <laughs> but yes, that is... We, oh, we you tried, tried it. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This didn't oh, look. man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and in in my case, there's like this, the, this kind of problem. I think that it's something when you don't have... So we have like some GraphQL APIs internally. The Mindvalley serves... Uh, mobile applications as well. So we have like a GraphQL API that is written in Elixir and it's also, and it's consumed by the mobile apps and also partially by the web interface. And the thing is that the, the this whole thing was written in an umbrella app uh, to start. 
And with the umbrella, there was a lot of confusion with configuration in which it's very unclear, like even like what's the order that the configurations are loaded, like in the uh, in, inside of the apps in the umbrella. And this is before the configuration was centralized on the, the parent uh, configuration file. So each one of our individual umbrella apps has like their own configuration file. And I have been bitten like a couple of times about just having the same configuration in multiple of the umbrellas and then overriding one another. And apparently that overriding just being like determined by the the actual order of the, like the ordering the alphabet of the names of the apps uh-huh. in order to see which one is going to rewrite what. So that's something that surprised me a lot. Uh, but in in our, my case, the thing that still is a pain is to understand the the boundaries. Like if we want how if we have our web application that is like a live view application, but we have this GraphQL API. So how do we really decide whether we want to let the the web application because it's a live view, it's all in the same memory scheme, like interact directly with the database and get the benefits of that, or we just create like this end up being a bit awkward like boundary between the live view the live view application using the graphql uh, api cuz then we we kind of lose a lot of the benefit of using live view because we have to go through this <coughs> graphql api layer so i guess that this is something that i'm not like super satisfied with right now is how how to make that easier how how can we benefit a lot from from live view even when we're using data that is coming from an external source, such as a GraphQL API. When you figure it out, you got to come back on and tell us. <laughs> yeah, or, or submit a talk yeah, to ElixirConf, right? And go and speak about it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Federated GRPC calls. Let's go for it. <laughs> but wasn't Mache saying that the GRPC stuff on Elixir is really, really slow or something to compile? Or, or I don't know. I wasn't really sure what he said. We, I mean, because we don't have, we, I mean, like we don't, we have a gRPC library which kind of adheres to the format. But what, what I would say is the greatest performance gain would be to skip the uh, gRPC proto buff kind of thing and just directly call the function in the node. If you can have, somehow have a control plane for it to kind of manage it, I think it will actually work very well for microservices. So that's just some ideas in your head, you know, and play around with. I wouldn't even pretend to know how that even begins. <laughs> Something to read about today. Yeah, just random ramblings of a of a software. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I've got to get out of here. Uh, thank you all for coming. Oh no, I appreciate it, but I have a stand-up meeting, so. Oh, yay. All right. Well, thank you all for coming. Um, And welcome to the show. Friends of the show. Anton, Bruno, John, Fadil. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amos. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much, Amos. Oh, and by the way, congratulations on your position on the Erlang, on the Erlaf. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I have a meeting with that later today, too, so. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we'll find find some good to do in the community today. Uh, thank Very you cool. all. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.